0: BDSM and non standard relationships, star exchange and polyamory, sacred sexuality and fetishes, as, as well as, as simply fun
1: kink. fun kink. You'll find shows on these topics and more at erotic awakening This week on Erotic Awakening. Hopping from the bottom for the wind. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of
0: all things erotic. Erotic Awakening is intended for mature audiences. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now.
1: When should they stop listening? Right now.
0: Hi, Don. Hi, Dan.
1: That isn't the working title for the moment. I'm not sure I'm going to stick with that title, but our question of the day is related to someone who has a question as far as... Instructing a new top. Exactly. So, and we've actually got some, uh, I think we've got some good examples and
0: some good information to share with them. So we asked them if we could uh, bring the question on to the show as a question of the day. So we're going to be covering that. Um, I think we're finally at the end of Recovering from Beyond the Love. Oh, my God, did that take a little
1: while. <laughs> it did indeed, so we'll be talking about that. We also have an interview with Slave Jazz out of Las Vegas on the International Person of Leather, a new contest. And I um, I kind of got into jazz's business a little bit, and we went um, deep with some of the issues and questions that I Got a little attached, shall we oh, say. Oh, see, I haven't
0: heard it yet, so that might slice be a good off.
1: one. I might slice off some of that stuff. When you get into their business.
0: So, And then we also <laughs> will probably have a three thumbs up podcast coming out soon, because the four of us are going out tonight for a burlesque show. So my <laughs> yes, assumption is maybe we'll do the a three thumbs up with the four of us, which is not always about having three thumbs up. <laughs>
1: On the way back <laughs> we don't always agree on reviewing things. of the burlesque yes. um, funnily the funnily the burlesque troupe that we've going specifically to see is called the big girls burlesque uh, they actually exist because of some side <laughs> comment that I made six months ago saying sure you could perform it uh, beyond the love back before they even had a burlesque thing so now they have a burlesque thing, and uh, they've performed quite a number of times, and we're going to go see it. I did not actually get to see it at Beyond the Love. I had uh, morning duty on Saturday, so I went to bed early.
0: Uh, well, um, I didn't see it either, but I was pulling security duty so while everybody else was watching the show. So, and then Big D, who's going with us tonight, he made a point not to watch it, because he knew he was going to be seeing it tonight. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it should be pretty neat. And you know what was kind of neat? Hmm. when I introduced Big D to 705. So, 705 came out to help oh, us out yeah, with BTL. And um, so he came out, and I was like, you know, this is the boyfriend. And 705's like, yeah, I've heard of him. And, you know, on the podcast. And I'm like, uh oh.
1: And Big D was like, uh oh, because he doesn't listen to the podcast. Right. and then I, and Does then he I was even like, know that he's got a, a podcast name on the podcast? He does now
0: because <laughs> 705 said, oh, the boyfriend. I said, yeah, this is Big D. And he's like, oh, and with this big dramatic thing. And, and Big D's like, what the hell have you been talking about about me? And I'm like, Probably should listen to the
1: show or not, <laughs> or not because Karen chooses not to listen to the show more often because of what we talk we about. Because we just kind
0: of ramble and talk and and. Um... We don't always warn people what we
1: talk about, absolutely, so
0: but you know, we had a really good class i I know we got stuff to talk about,, oh, yeah. but um, what was it? Oh, we were doing the class on being an introvert in a poly world mm-hmm. at um b t l beyond the love, and um we forgot to warn Karen that sometimes we do couples counseling in front of our crowd as we bring up examples that we don't realize we're not over with yet. So, yeah, we, we warned her. As we were doing it. As we were doing it. Right, right. So, yeah. And I, I think
1: I, um, as she was presenting with us, I threw her under the bus on one occasion. So that's interesting. Well, we
0: throw each other under the bus quite a bit. So we're used to it. We're not used to bringing in someone else and throwing it, them under as well.
1: But it was really neat to have somebody come up and say that that was um, the most impactful class that they went to the entire mm-hmm. weekend. Um I think that I am both, as a presenter, I'm complimented, and as a producer of an event, I'm like, hey, come on. Oh,
0: we brought in other presenters. I'm
1: hoping people, they did just as well. Yes, people spoke wonderfully about them as well. And yeah, I do I want don't. to mention if you're into the polyamory thing and you live in Chicago, you and I will be heading to Chicago on December 6th. Sixth. That is, uh, 19, or two th- <laughs> Jesus Christ, of 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, we will be pre- presenting a one day like a five-hour polyamory intensive intensive. called Polyamory Plain and Simple at uh, the LRA in the Chicago. And I don't know what they... I don't even think they're charging anything for it. You just show up and enjoy a full day of polyamory with Dan and Dawn.
0: Yeah, I would dig it up somewhere, maybe on our FetLife profiles. Maybe
1: we've linked to the event or something. Oh, I'm absolutely... I marked as going, so you can find it that way. And
0: I will. I'll find it through yours, and I'll mark mine as going, and you guys can find the event that way and find out the rules of attending. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And, um, you know, I'm really glad my work just gave me five extra days of vacation time for next year. I have no clue why they did that. It's a new job, but um, they gave it to everybody. And and I think I know the reasoning, but everybody got five extra paid days of vacation for next year, and um, which is good because we keep saying we're going to slow down. And I started listing out all the stuff that we already have. i got to check my... my, uh, uh, paid time off to make sure I've requested all this time yes. off. We've got Edmonton and Dallas mm-hmm. and Toronto and hopefully Arizona. We're hoping that works out. We've got Chicago twice, once that I'm aware of, three
1: times in the next the next calendar year. Yeah. Oh, I would twice at least. Correct. Twice right. at least. It's probably going to be a third time. Chicago ends up. We end up in Chicago quite a lot. Uh huh. Um, we got smart. just June alone. The way we initially had it, we would be gone every weekend in June. Right, so, plus the
0: first weekend in May.
1: That was crazy. There okay. is one point that we're going to stop, um, that we will end up being presenting more often than we are sitting at home, apparently, in the way it, things are going. That's what it sounds like. So. If you want to find out where we're going to be um, and stop by and have a cup of coffee with us, uh, you can head over to eroticawakening.com and there's a calendar uh, that we try to keep up with. We do. We probably
0: need to update that. And then I can just give it to my boss and say, here, go check out this link. These are the days I'm going to off. <laughs> i tell of you what,
1: though. I have a new boss at work. <laughs> uh-huh. And um, I just took some time off for Beyond the Love. And right. he said, what are you doing? And my stock answer for things that I don't feel like explaining is uh, camping. hmm And then I realized, and he looked at me funny. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's like. Cold. November. <laughs> um, and it really, you know, it strikes me that, you know, I came really close to saying, look, yeah, me and my wife do a, a relationship conference mm-hmm. um, because I ended up wanting to take Monday off. Right. from a vigorous weekend of camping. That doesn't mm-hmm. make, you know, I don't know. It just feels like there's the challenge of on one hand, I don't want to explain to my boss what I actually do, because for me. There's no connection between my work life and my real life. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, if he were to show up or see us in this magazine that we're being that we're interviewed, in, interviewed for, it would be a lot easier to, you know, it's one thing to explain, oh, yeah, I'm actually polyamorous and, this is, and I actually do conventions and, mm-hmm. and produce conventions on polyamory. And that's, a lot, that's more comfortable for me than, oh, I lied about going camping. Right. Yeah. I, and you
0: know, and I totally get that because m- when I came into my job, they knew I had to have time off because I had already. You know, it was already scheduled, you know, plane trips and stuff like that. And they would ask me and I told them that I teach and I presented and I went to events and then they would ask me on what. And it is just really natural coming to my lips now that it's relationship stuff, it's communication stuff, it's mindful meditation. I don't tell them it's the mindfulness of a slave. I tell them (laughs) it's, you know, it's mindfulness and, you know, being an introvert in, in the real world, you know, and all these other issues. And in reality, we could take all these subjects... And teach them to a, quote, vanilla world or mainstream world, and people would benefit just as much. We just happen to put ours to where it relates to people, whether they're poly or power exchange or, you know, um, spiritual or whatever. You know, that's how we present it. And the tips and tricks that we do are geared towards those communities. So- Absolutely. No, no,
1: I, I totally agree with mm-hmm. you. We actually, uh, Michael... W, one of the vendors at Beyond mm-hmm. Love, even, mm-hmm. you know, he said, after attending Beyond Love all weekend, he said, I'm, I don't think that I'm polyamorous, but the classes I went to are just plain good communication right. and relationship stuff. And um, really, there's very few classes in the world of polyamory that are presented that are specific to mm-hmm. polyamorous relationships versus relationships in general. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, there's time management and stuff like that, but the mm-hmm. whole. And meeting additional people, I guess, the monogamous crowds, not so
0: right, thrilled on that. Right, now, and the jealousy, you know, yeah, yeah. Power well, change
1: is somewhat different because there you're talking about a specific, managing a specific style of relationship mm-hmm. or hierarchical relationship by default where um, that may not translate to your, your basic vanilla monogamous right. relationship as much. right. So. so I've added that to our show notes. We have actually three pages of show notes today, and Woo-hoo! that entire conversation dealing with our homework kink life balance isn't on there.
0: It is not. It was but... really
1: interesting, though. I was talking with um, Barrick about Sarah Sloan's keynotes at Beyond mm-hmm. the Love, and we were talking about there's a, this difference between kinksters and poly people, Right. There are, and there's a big crossover, poly and kinky, but there's also a big crowd of people that are kinky that are not polyamorous. And there's a big crossover of people that are polyamorous, but not kinky. Right. And everybody should have their own space and be respected to enjoy that space. Mm -hmm. Um, So it it makes me happy that we can provide that, you know, um, and find that kind of a balance. But it's funny if I go tell my, I, you know, I got no problem with the idea. I'm warming to the idea of telling my boss about running a polyamory convention. Mm-hmm. Karen is out polyamory-wise, and mm-hmm. she actually works in HR in her company. And I don't know about explaining, oh, yeah, about the kink thing. That's, uh... Yeah, it gets a little more difficult. And, you know, honestly, ugh,
0: mm. Well, it's, it's might be harder to explain the poly when you're married. So I don't know, you know, how it's taken if, Someone's married and trying to explain that they have boyfriends uh-huh. and girlfriends. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to explain this. You know, it might be a little more difficult. Sure. So,
1: but but that's because I, don't I know. think I think that's because people have a preconceived notion when you right. say I am married, right. then they put you in the box of oh, that's a what white that means.
0: fence and so when
1: right. you say I am married and I have a boyfriend, right? Then they say. That their their initial equation is, oh, you're cheating. Right. You're doing something that's, because the two things are a conflict. Whereas, I'm married and I have a boyfriend are two separate entities. They can't be together.
0: Whereas if you explain it, I have multiple relationships, that could be a little different if you don't label it. But. Sure, sure. I could see that. Anyway, we have a question of the day, too, now I'm like, how would I explain that? Because, you know, my work has been to my website for um, the Columbus Insight Center. Uh-huh. They see that Poly Columbus is held there and that there's Polly teaching there and stuff like that. The people that interviewed me have looked at the website. So I don't know that it would be a huge surprise, mm-hmm. but no one's come out directly and asked me about the stuff on the
1: website. And that's, you know, I've had very few interactions with work. That have crossed over so mm-hmm. far. Um, long, long, long time ago, we made friends with people because I did. We did make the connection. Right. right? And then we brought right. them into the world, actually, somewhat. Well, um, and we
0: ran into the co chair of NLA at our first party. Absolutely. That we worked
1: with. Yep, that too. <laughs> um, and one of my previous bosses found us on a swinger Swing site. Swinger site, that's right. Oh my um, gosh. And I stepped, put my foot in a conversation about swinging at work, um, here and there. Mm -hmm. And you, I think you mentioned once, saying, somebody asked, where is that? And your reference point was a titty bar.
0: Right, it was. So (laughs) I just popped up out of my cube and went, oh, it's over there, don't you know? Right next to the adult bookstore.
1: But but I have not had a direct... (laughs) Interaction at work with somebody who, where somebody looks at me and says, Oh, so you're polyamorous, or you, or, oh, so you're kinky, right. or something. Like. Right. Uh, so we'll see when that happens. I guess we'll have another chapter of the story. Well, but if again, we get
0: interviewed for that magazine and they put our picture in there, yeah, yeah. it could come along sooner than than later. But you know, when we were talking to the the guy interviewing us, it's like, well, if, if people f- at work find out I'm poly, and there's some that may have co-workers that may have an issue with that, but um, if I work, end up, the company has an issue with it, do I really want to work for a company that doesn't support me as a person? Mm-hmm. Not that they need to. That's not the goal of being oh, a company. Yeah.
1: But... No, the, the dame that shows up at work is not the authentic dame. Right. It's pretty close, and I'm happier the closer it is, mm-hmm. but... Um, I'm not one of those guys who, after work's over, it's like, come on, let's go get a drink. Right. Like, no, I, I really only hang out with you people because right. they pay me to hang out with you people. Don't take it personally. As yeah, part of being an introvert, too. <laughs> that may well be. <laughs> uh, although, I will say that it's just a matter of, of luck in some regards, and I'm segueing into something from our actual show notes, finally. Oh,
0: good, because I was getting ready to mention something as well.
1: <laughs> because the um, our book, Living MS, very popular power exchange book, happens to have our legal name, mm-hmm. and faces on it. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Anybody could walk into our local kink store. Absolutely. Where they were selling it. We used to be on the shelf. I have pictures, but I don't know. Yep. You know so there you go. Speaking of which, mm-hmm. did you know on um, Amazon, Living MS has a 4.5 star rating? Okay. That's good. That's awesome. Yes, that is awesome. But on iBooks, you oh. can get that's that's uh, Apple's version yeah. of eBooks. You can buy the book Living MS, but it has no ratings whatsoever.
0: <gasps> iBooks, I'll go rate it.
1: You can do that, I suppose, <laughs> I, and I, that would be maybe, just make sure it's honest.
0: But I, I would like ask, it. <laughs> I would
1: ask people that are listening if you've uh, re- read the book Living MS. Um, and you can go review it on iBooks, then go do so. We have no ratings whatsoever. That's assuming you like the book. If you didn't like the book, then go review it on a piece of paper and tie it to a rock and throw it in the water. That's... Goodreads
0: would be a good place to go do it, too. So I need to yeah. do some more with that, because I can actually go on there as an author and, <laughs> and do um, different uh, like little talk thingies and stuff. So Like I have all this time. Yes. Well, I tell you now that the one project, Beyond the Love, is wrapped We're already ramping up for PXS, and I think each of us are thinking about a book.
1: Yes, yes. You seem to be thinking... about one book and I think I'm thinking about different books still but I'm still mm-hmm. wanting to work on your book too so well, neither it's... one of us are actually pulling the trigger on the book writing <laughs> plus the Starter cards oh yeah we... <laughs> let's not talk project let's talk about this question of the day
0: <laughs> alright can I can I try to read it really fast or you... do you want to skip yes, it yes
1: no 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 uh, absolutely I wouldn't read the whole thing and a lot of it's just uh, Jordan wrote in, in uh, a lot. A good chunk of it is saying that we're not jerks
0: yeah so the um, positively impacted his life would be a criminal understatement is how he put it um um, and he just got into the. the let's see, he just got into the scene about three months ago. Uh, podcast, powerful resource, insight. Okay, so he's reaching out for two reasons. The first is to thank us. Um, currently working his way through living MS. Let's and see,
1: side note, before we go on, I agree. You're just trying to zip through that. But mm-hmm. Jordan, thank you very much. It's really neat to hear from people, and we hear from people. On occasion, saying you've impacted our life in a positive way, mm-hmm. uh, especially people that are new to the scene. Podcasts are very mm-hmm. accessible. Um, so I guess there's some benefit from hearing somebody that's been around for, I don't know, we've been around for 15 years now as, as a couple and are genuinely happy with our life for the most part. Yes, we are. For the most part. Well, you just tripped me up for a second. Yes, <laughs> there's times where... You get all persnickety, oh, me, huh? and okay. I get all grumpy, yeah. but we're human beings. That shit's going to happen. That's true. So, but you know what? I still like my life because we can talk about it and work it oh, out. Absolutely. And that's you know, one of the really interesting things is the speed that we can work that shit out. Mm-hmm. Shit still comes up like it does for anybody. We just Even work it out.
0: after con drop, hmm. when stuff comes no, up, no. we still kind of go through <laughs> it. Okay. <laughs> All right. So the second reason um, is to propose a question. He's been sitting on this question for a month now and working his way through the podcast to see if it's been answered in the past. As of yet, I don't believe you've covered this, so I finally feel comfortable posting it. The question is as follows. Recently, a new member of the scene reached out to me to see if I would be willing to help walk them through a scene. They're interested in topping me, and this would be their their first real scene. What is the best way for me, a bottom, to instruct a new top and walk them through a scene? I truly wish you both the best and look forward to reading and listening more as things go on. Now, I do want to point out, though, that Jordan says he's been in the scene for three months. Mm -hmm. And the new person is very new to the scene, but wants Jordan to be the bottom. So, mm-hmm. what kind of advice would you give, or what is the best way for me, a bottom, to instruct a new top and walk them through a scene? I mean, I've got some examples to use, but do you have anything right off the bat?
1: Well, if we are using, I'm going to stop with just real briefly with some terminology, bottom person receiving the scene, top the person leading the scene. But the one that we haven't mentioned is the word switch, which is somebody who can top or bottom, right? Right. If, in this case, our bottom is a true bottom, they don't like the top, they don't get topping, um, then it's going to be an additional challenge for them to lead somebody through a scene, right? Because they can't, they can only explain, here's what I like, mm-hmm. um, not here is how to do it. So that's, that's one aspect. Um, I know you have some, oper- some examples. The one part, the first thing that really I would recommend to this bottom, especially for a new top, is you've got to convince them that it's okay to do these things. Right. If this, if they're brand new to it, the idea of... You might, you might get uh, hard and wet thinking about flogging somebody or caning them or whatever, but actually doing it can be a little bit of a challenge, especially if it's a male-bodied top, in that male-bodied tops are often taught that striking somebody is an act of violence. Right. So allowing them to let go and really do these things. Um, so one of the things that our bottom can do is be generous generous, generous in their feedback, mm-hmm. right? If something feels good, make a nice yummy noise. If something hurts, go, ooh, you know, let them know. Boy, if you can slap out a harder or a yes like that, you know, that kind of stuff just really can help. Now, some people by nature aren't able to do that. So that's the first thing that comes to my mind.
0: So... Well, and all good stuff. And um, I think the, some of the first things that popped into my head was um, if one's only been in the scene for three months and one's only been in the scene for one month, they don't might not be able to teach safety and things like that. So I would suggest doing this in public at an event or a house party where there's other people around. Or finding another top... <gasps> that can teach the top that's learning. Mm-hmm. So because you've done that with me before, where I'm the canvas, and you're actually doing the teaching. So um, we've had a Master Eric with the single tail, where you put me yeah. up on the cross, and you kind of instructed Master Eric. And pretty much we'd known him for a while, so you instructed him a little bit, and then let him go at it. So, But I was supposed to give feedback. Um, I'm trying to think of a... Um,
1: well, we did that with um,
0: the new guy at Cope. Just recently. At Cope yes, at recently, yes. Recently, right. And But he wanted feedback as well. So if he spanked me and he hit my tailbone, I was allowed to speak up. When he went to flog my shoulders, you told him how not to hit the back of my neck and how to cover the back of my neck. Um, sometimes I'll speak up if people slap my shoulders, like right up here. Right next to the neck, if people slap that too much, the sound will actually feel like it's popping my eardrums. Mm-hmm. So I try to let people know about that as well.
1: But uh, now the, the trick is, though, some of the, ex- the examples you're using are related to if you have a, a coat top. If you have a coat to top. But what if the, it's just you and a top? There
0: was a time that um, someone convinced me that they had a lot of experience and by talking to them, it sounded like they had a lot of experience. And we set up the scene, and we were going to be alone in the scene. And actually, during the scene, I could tell that he had no experience with what he was doing. So we ended up not having a good time. And at the end, I asked him, I'm like, so how, much, how many times have you seen? I mean, you know, and he's like, oh, well, actually, I've been reading for years and thinking about this. You're my first bottom. And my thought was, oh my God, if you had told me this, it could have been so different because the way I would have handled it, I don't like to top from the bottom, but I also don't like the back of my head hit with a flogger, you know, and so I would have tried to shift the energy of it a little bit. And just made it naughty and turned it into something of, you know, if you hit me here, this makes me feel like this. And if you hit me there, this feels like that. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't, because I can be a teacher, so I can turn it into a teaching scene. But if that's not what they're wanting, then I would end up making it naughty. Or if they don't want that kind of instruction, then I would just make sure the negotiations go really well. So I would sit still with the negotiations, and I would probably set up some pretty tight boundaries. Mm-hmm. So and that way, you know, I like spanking, but please make sure not to do this. I like flogging. Please make sure not to hit me here. It rings in my ears, you know, and just things like that. And, you know, and, and just set up some boundaries for them to play with. And then go play
1: with it and have fun. Yeah, there's um, part of those boundaries that I would make sure that I covered is is around sex. Absolutely, uh, I think that things like um, Fifty Shades of Grey are going to give people the impression that a lot of BDSM is related to sexual activity. Sometimes BDSM is related to sexual activity, but most of the time, at least most of the time, at least public sex, public uh, I'm sorry, public dungeon scenes pick-up play, are not by nature uh, related to sexual activity. So if you want sex as part of your scene, wonderful. But make sure you negotiate it one way or the other, whether you you do or don't. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Totally agree with that one. So hopefully that helps Jordan a little bit. Um, Like I said, either turn it into a teaching scene where you're allowed to speak up, or do some negotiation, and then they're allowed to play in the boundaries. Mm-hmm. So, but good stuff. But I still highly recommend doing it in public, the first time, just just in case, if especially you have being so new.
1: I mean, this could well be if it's your, if it's a, uh, um, a people that have been together for a while that are, they're just breaking into BDSM. Oh, that's true. So.
0: Yeah, now that was another thing that I did Was um, when I tried to break someone else Into the scene
1: mm-hmm.
0: Was take them to a place that has demos So that was really beneficial too So it's not an official first scene
1: right. Demos can help a lot. One of the things that can be very valuable is going to an event like a Winter Wickedness or a Lupercalia mm-hmm. where you can walk around the dungeon and see 20 other people doing 20 other scenes and you can tell that person you're with go oh boy that looks nice that turns me on or you could look at something and say well that's not what I'm looking for. Exactly. Um, because the the fear of if you just say oh I'm into you know whatever you want to do go ahead and then they pull out flesh hooks. Right. Um, it's a very different scene than you might have had in mind.
0: Well, some of the scenes that you read in the book are written to be hot, 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 and then you see it in person, and it's like, not, not, not.
1: <laughs> if you would like to write us some hot, hot, hot stuff, you can get a hold of us in a variety of ways, including Dan and Don at eroticawakening.com.
0: Or use the got comment form on the webpage, eroticawakening.com.
1: And that will lead you all to kinds of things like the Facebook, the FetLife, the Twitter, even voicemail. You'll be able to find all that jazz right there.
0: Do you know what's interesting? Facebook is one of the ways to get up with us, yes. which is Erotic Awakening, all one word. I have no clue why this happened, mm-hmm. but in the past week, we have gotten 30
1: likes. Would you like me to run those off real quick, or do I you will, want to flip-flop names? No, I will, we, let's flip-flop names. We'll just okay. go through these really quickly. And of course, I didn't when put you, last names. I just put first yeah, names. When you like us on the, the Facebook, or lick us on Facebook, uh, we try to, re, re, um, try to keep your anonymity, anonymity. in mind, so yeah. we're not including your last name, street address, (laughs) or anything
0: like that. that. Right. Yes. You gonna go first? Maria. Grego. Melissa. UL. Bill. Deb. David. Lucian. Zach. Tammy. Stormy. Billy. Glenn. Petal.
1: Carrie. Pa. Danae. Renee. Jeff. Edwin. Vonnie. Danette. Victoria. Deej. Leon. Eddie, Chris, and Rose have all liked this on Facebook since the last time we did a podcast, and it has not been that damn long. And like you were saying, uh, normally we get one or two a week. Yeah, I have no clue. No, this what has been like the three days. Or what? Yeah. Maybe it's something to do with the Erotic Awakening Podcast Network. Whoa. Maybe somebody is listening to the brand new Mistress Simone podcast, or the people of kink. And have found us that way.
0: It could be, and You'd... we just did have BTL. Maybe that's it because we just did have Beyond the Love, and we did that whole announce your group or function at the end of the event where everybody got to go up and have thirty seconds to do that. Not and we to did mention, that we did for have the,
1: the back of the the back book of the as book. well. Well, there you go. So maybe, m- maybe, 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 maybe. Regardless, you can find uh, other great shows at Erotic Awakening Podcast Network. Um, all kinds of great stuff.
0: Indeed. So, now we've also got some new subscribers to the newsletter, and it is actually on my list of things to do to get the newsletter out this week. So, um, because there's a, there's a couple of things that I want to mention about BTL, but we're also, um, you know, we had 216 people signed up for BTL. Do you know how many people did not show up at 216?
1: Uh, the normal is 30%.
0: So, you would think...
1: Maybe 15, I'm sorry, it's 15%, 15% percent, is the normal. So it should have
0: been 30 people that yeah. didn't show up. Yep. Six.
1: Yeah, so that's pretty insane.
0: It is insane because it's, it's like unheard of. So mm-hmm. it's awesome, awesome. Okay, so new subscribers to the newsletter. We have Cajuns Merilou from California. Elizabeth from New York. And Dark Angel Kiss from New Hampshire.
1: All United States people this time around. Mm, nice, nice, nice. Keeping it domestic. <laughs> it's a good thing, I guess. Um... I think, and wow, just like that, we've gone through all of our little notes almost. We're just about done.
0: Anything else about Beyond
1: the Love? Not yet. We'll do a Beyond the Love show. I'm still chewing
0: on it because we got some, um, we did something different this time. I won't go into a lot of details, but usually when we do a new event, like PXS or BTL or whatever, we'll add like one new thing to see how it goes. Ooh, we got one new thing. This is exciting. This time we did like five. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) I would really like to um, go over that. And we still have to go through our attendee surveys. To see how that is as well. So we'll need to decide whether we talk about BTL before reading the surveys, which we haven't looked at yet, or after. Because that would change the tone of the show. I would (laughs) think so. I I don't know.
1: I don't think it's going to change it that much because we had a great time. Absolutely. I have no doubt that most people had a great time. I'm sure the survey will bring up a lot of it would be better if. Because people, you know, some yeah. example, the, we had the flirt board this time around. Like I like said, we're not doing the big BTL breakdown mm-hmm. this show, but some people like the flirt board. Some people don't like it. Some people are neutral. The survey is your opportunity to say, I, lived everyth- I loved everything except the flirt board. I felt this. Right. And we're going to hear, I didn't like the flirt board. Your oh, sucks. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, we probably will. So, but uh, I liked it, so it'll probably stay.
1: If you want to, there a goes. Built. <laughs> that's why you run an event. Um, and by the way, our, and because we can't really piss off Goddessy again, but she built this wonderful set for Poly Family Feud. Right, right. And then we said, yeah, we're not going to do that this year. <laughs> uh, if you were that curious about Beyond the Love, you can actually. We did do a little slideshow out on the YouTube, on the Erotic Awakening YouTube channel. You can watch the slideshow later. Oh my
0: gosh, well, and Barrick took pictures this year, so we're going to have a yeah, huge nice. slideshow
1: yes. next year. And uh, you'll be able to, very soon, we'll have the uh, keynote up there as well. Good,
0: good, good, by Sarah
1: Sloan. So uh, that's going to lead us towards the end of the show, or at least the end of us, you and me mm-hmm. talking. We're going to talk to Jazz about the international portion of leather. And we're going to uh, go get ready to see burlesque. We are indeed. I do see, though, that again, we have no food on boobs. We did have some tentacles, though. Hold, please. <laughs> Hold, please. Where's the tentacles? Oh, where are the tentacles? I did, well the tentacles are apparently in the uh New Orleans. So apparently Void oh, George right. found a um uh a, a George, which is your huge dildo, tentacle dildo, in a bar hanging from the roof in the in a bar in New Orleans. That was and by the awesome. way, hello, curious Z.
0: <laughs> nice, nice, nice. So we had um, let's see, happy listener Jay-Z. Oh. It was a coffee. It was a tentacle coffee mug. Oh, but yeah, they yeah, us yeah, a picture yeah, yeah, of, yeah. Uh, different than the one that I
1: already have. So that's really cool. And Mimi, thank you for sending a link, but that picture was gone when I went to look at it. And I'm going to go back to Void George for a second. He sent us some interesting um, pictures. Uh, Zen Trooper was my favorite. Uh, was, I won't try to explain it. But, but it was
0: Star Wars. It was right? a Star Wars. It Star yes, Wars. it's the
1: very Star Wars character sitting in in Zen meditation. Uh, those And Zen Trooper was my favorite. So there you go. Awesome, awesome. So that is that. Uh, anything going on with the um, Adventures in Sexuality?
0: Uh, there is. See, Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by Adventures in Sexuality, Central Ohio's kinky fun group. I do know tickets went on sale for Winter Wickedness. <laughs> you can find the buttons on... Fet life.
1: No, no, uh, tickets went on sale. Tickets have gone, and uh Barrack was telling me today that his numbers are already um, to the point where they're looking at the. You know, they're starting to pay attention to it for that cutoff. Right, right. Flying out the door. If you Crazy. Want to go,
0: People love this event. It is absolutely. so awesome. And this is not this the one where we get th- to
1: dress up. It's not the one where we do Scarlet Sanctuary. Right, we get to dress up ah, on this okay. one.
0: So Cope, we do Scarlet Sanctuary on Friday night, so we don't usually dress up. Winter Wickedness, where we can dress up so because we don't have to undress for the Scarlet mm-hmm. Sanctuary. But, um, so it's going to be fun, and we'll have to pay attention to see what the theme is so that we can get something nice and naughty.
1: Absolutely. So we need to go ahead and wrap this up. Um, yep. As you said, we have to dress for the Burlesque Show. We do. Show. I heard
0: my text messaging going off, and I'm expecting knocks on the door any minute from Karen and Big D.
1: But while we are enjoying Burlesque, why don't you enjoy this interview with jazz So it just so happens that Las Vegas is the poly capital for Dan and Don and Karen as we have all kinds of convolutions about happening there as well but my understanding is Las Vegas is also becoming a mecca for BDSM as well as well as a new contest today on the podcast We have Slave Jazz, and Slave Jazz, you're going to tell us about this International Person of Leather contest.
2: Yes, I am. Well, thank you
1: for being on the podcast, and let me start off by saying, what the heck is an International Person of Leather? (laughs)
2: That's a good question, since it's brand new. Everybody's wondering that right now. Um, Master Talon out of Texas, and Mr. Andrew Love out of Salt Lake City, and I out of Las Vegas have gotten together to found a new title contest, which is to celebrate those people in our communities working to kind of bind the the separations within the alternative lifestyle communities together. Um, it's a community service-based title. So we're looking to celebrate the, the educators and mentors and role models and spokespeople out there that uh, traverse boundaries.
1: Okay, so first off, let me start off, it sounds a little bit like the mission of every other leather title, you know, (laughs) as somebody who has uh, done tallying and judging, as well as running Mm -hmm. for a few titles myself, um, one of the things we always hear is, we're going to bridge the gap in the community, so we have a Mr. Leather, we have a leather pride, we have an international Mr. Leather, why do we need this contest?
2: This contest has one title, which is one of the big differences with, uh, with the contest. It's not a gender specific contest, which means that nobody, um, in terms of, of looking to enter it and get noticed has to choose which side or, or title they'll run for specifically. Um, it means that people who don't fall on one side or the other of the gender spectrum have a place where they can they can be considered as well but and that's that's what's getting a lot of attention here is that it's genderless Mm -hmm. Um, for me what's most important is that the the plumbing someone has or the gender identity that they ascribe to shouldn't matter at all when serving all of these communities why can't we measure a female against a male against someone who doesn't identify with either of those labels Um, what, what is the, the plumbing or the identity itself have to do with the good that they're doing for everyone through education, fundraising, mentoring, or speaking. Now there are a lot of titles out there already. Um, and some are sexuality specific, Mm -hmm. some are celebrating people who are figures in the community, but are still gender specific, whether it's a pair of titles, um, We've got the the Mr. and Ms. Transgendered Leather contest, and that's a pair together, whereas International Ms. Leather and International Mr. Leather are two separate contests entirely. Right. Um, this, This actually bridges a gap just by existing, because we're not separating people out, because that's not really important when we're talking about celebrating what we're celebrating.
1: I seem to recall a, a little bit of a flack about another contest not too long ago. It was, if I remember correctly, a gender-specific title, and they came out saying, you know what, We're, when we say it's this gender, we mean this gender, we mean born this gender. No trans people need apply. Is this any kind of a response to that, or is, this, is
2: that completely um, separate from that? I would say that rather than a direct response to a contest limiting itself to bio, uh, to to sexual identity rather than gender identity, um, it's more an evolution of the leather community as a whole. Because we're looking at things that didn't necessarily used to come up in the traditions of leather and, and leather as a buzzword Tends to often be synonymous with the word tradition, um, so there there is a little bit of a, a radical plant to that, I suppose, in terms of of the leather community and and bucking the tradition of gender classification. Um, it's not a response to any one specific contest stance, but rather a recognition of a need.
1: Okay. Are, is this is the intent that there's a feeder contest, or is this it's some uh, just a standalone?
2: Come there right are regional feeder contests, so we have seven regions. Um, some of them are already owned by regional producers. Some of them we are still considering applications at this point, um, but we are we are looking at. Uh, seven different regions, we've got the Northwest region, the Southwest region, the Rocky Mountain region, the Heartland region, the Great Lakes region, the Northeast region, the Southeast region, and then two regions in Canada thus far, so Canada East and Canada West.
1: So it sounds like it's pretty close to the way the Master Slave titles are, from a regional perspective, are broken out.
2: Yes. Okay. Yeah, and actually that's pretty standard. Um, the fact that we split Canada up is, a, is slightly non-standard, I guess, um, because a lot of the international contests don't have a whole lot of participation from Canada, so they, they keep it all together. But the communities in Canada between East and West are very separate, um, so we wanted to recognize that as well.
1: Okay. I keep coming back to... <clears throat> What drives you to say, we need another contest? Do you get any flack from, hey, maybe we don't need these? Maybe contests are actually a little bit passe at this point. I understand the need of the contest in the history of leather, Mm -hmm. fundraising for people that couldn't afford their own medical care and that sort of thing. But what do you hope to gain from the title holder of this contest? What are they... Well, let me start. So I actually have a couple questions there. But let me start with, do you feel the contests are still valid? Is it still something that we need to do? And one of the things that I really reflect on is I recently was the MC at a contest. And so, of course, you're backstage as the winners go up there and they're announced. But all the losers walk by you as well. So is yeah. there still a need to separate the winners from the losers? And I told you this wasn't going to be a harsh interview, but so I apologize <laughs> if that's kind of a harsh question. But it is one that I think people think about.
2: Well, and rather than giving you a, a general Leber community soundbite about <laughs> the importance uh, the importance of titles and the traditions of our community, um, i think that's actually a very germane question these days because there are a lot of people in um, the newer kink community and in this generation, the newer generation of uh, perverts everywhere, I should say, um, who are bucking against that tradition, who, Mm -hmm. who don't see any applicability to uh, contests or titles of any sort. Um, and while I personally do uh, value the tradition in and of itself, um, I, when you look at the actual tradition of leather contests or title contests, they they weren't as heavy and and claiming to be as all-important as we like to claim they are today. You're talking about a tradition that comes from bar contests where we celebrated which guy looked hottest in the jockstrap at the bar that night, mm-hmm. um, which has its own value. Um, and, and in fact, I think that it's something I'd like to see more of that the, the uh, light and fluffy titles um, going on like that, because that kind of stressed the fact that everybody could be a winner every week in a bar. They might have another contest. Um, the big contests that you see today are celebrating figureheads um, or trying to and I think it's actually a shame that that what you see is all people who are much, much newer in their respective communities running for those titles rather than the people who've been around a little longer. Because one of the big values to someone in winning a title um, is the exposure that it gives them and that it can help them break into a, a conference presenter circuit that they might not otherwise get a chance with. And the value, that specific value is lost on somebody who's been more established in the community because they've already broken into that circuit, um, which means all they can do is lose. And then you're back to that winners versus losers thing. Mm -hmm. Um, What we hope to do with this specific contest and with the International Person of Leather title is to recognize this people who are out there working their butts off in a more altruistic way. Um, right. so for okay. So, that's the value that I see in the context, we're looking at any specific community already represented in that title circuit. Beyond the men's community, beyond the women's community, or the trans community, or the puppy play or pony play community, right. or the power exchange, or the boot blacking, or the master slave community, which all do have titles celebrating someone in their specific community. Um, this is more about the, pers- the people who can see those differences between us um, and still, still work for the good of the good. Okay,
1: and I have to admit, it's a little bit of a. Uh, I'm biased myself because I have run for both. Uh, my slave and I ran for the for uh, the master slave title. We run the region. We lost international, and both are actually very valuable uh, things to us. Whether winning and losing, both have their own value. I thought we found running for title to be very valuable in how it helped us. Look at our relationship. So I personally, mm-hmm. and it practice courage. I'm kind of a fan of the title contest myself, to be honest.
2: I uh, like the tradition personally, but that's you know that's kind of a a, a biased slant that I want to stay away from um, in this because it, that's what I personally like. Just like any one of my specific kinks, isn't going to speak to to everyone else, um, and shouldn't. That's, that's one of the beautiful things is that we're all different. Sure. Is there going to be a, um,
1: a jockstrap competition as part of this title contest?
2: No. So No, no uh, standing model then? There, there is not. I'm sure that there will be people dressed in all sorts of uh, versions of what they find sexy because that's what we like to do at conferences in general as well as in contests. But this is not a title selected based on um, race or physical appearance or age or physical ability or sexual orientation or gender identity, um, but rather someone's ability to articulate their views, their passions, and their dedications and to make an impact in their communities. Now, that's not to say that there won't be a jockstrap competition at Sin in the City, aside from international person of le- leather
1: so what tell me about in the city that's a fairly new uh event isn't it i don't think you guys have been around for too many years
2: 2015 will be year three okay uh, first in the city so you are correct there um we are a full year three or a full weekend three-day event um it's running from 9 a.m on friday through 5 p.m on sunday this year um which is February 27th through March 1st, 2015. And we've got over 60 educational workshops going on in those three days. We've got crazy social parties. We have um, dungeons galore. So there's a 6,500-foot men's space that's called the manhole, a 6,500-foot women's space that's called the toolbox. And then we've got a 6,500-square-foot uh, pansexual space. It's called the Mixer. And the playground is a 2,500-square-foot animals and littles play space as wow, well. Wow,
1: that's something a little so, different.
2: Yeah. So they, the, there's spaces of, for everyone.
1: What kind of attendance have you guys been getting, number one. Well,
2: the, the first year, we had 410. Holy cow. Last year, we had 650. And we're expecting nine hundred to thousand this year. Wow, that's some great numbers. Um, People have fun, so we don't have much, much attrition. Yeah, that sounds like it.
1: How do I find out more about the uh, Miss, the Person of Leather title competition? Like the web, like maybe I want to run.
2: Ah, the website is www.personofleather.com. Um, we actually just had the first regional feeder contest a couple of weeks ago at Rocky Mountain Rebellion, which was for the Rocky Mountain Person of Leather. Mm-hmm. The end of September, we'll see the uh, Heartland Person of Leather contest, which will be at Beyond Vanilla in Dallas, Texas.
1: Okay.
2: Um, and they're still accepting applications, I believe, for people in the Heartland region or close to it. The, uh, there are several other regions who will likely be appointing via application this year Mm -hmm. before sin. Um, as we're, you know, more than halfway through the year already. So there is a, a method of getting an application and we'll direct you to where you, where you get that into so that the regional producer for that region can, can appoint, um, via the, the specs that we've set out in terms of the contest rather than picking somebody at random.
1: Sure. Sure, that makes sense. And that's pretty normal for a first year uh contest. How do I th- and how do I find out more about uh Sin in the City?
2: Sin in the City's website is www.sin-in-the-city.com. And there's all sorts of stuff on that website.
1: Okay, good deal. Jazz, I appreciate your time tonight. Um I don't normally get excited about new contests, but this one actually I do see. It's got a little bit of a different bend on it, and I like the gender neutrality of it, um, and I like the focus on the you know an opportunity to celebrate diversity in leather culture, um, and just another way to bring some attention to the community.
2: Well, I'm super excited about it, Um, and we're finding excitement wherever we travel. So that's that's exciting as well, to see everybody else light up about it.
1: So let me ask you this question, if you don't mind. Oh, Can, please. Is Master Talon going to be one of the judges this year?
2: For the international contest? Yes. No. Okay. He is a regional He's a regional producer car, uh, currently. Um, so we don't, first of all, the, the three of us who are executive producers of the international contest will not be judging anyhow.
1: Okay. Um,
2: we are soon to make some exciting announcements about judges as we're getting them all lined up right now for the international contest. But there are some big names on that list. So so. I
1: I hate to, uh, you know, I I keep thinking I'm done with this interview. So let me ask you a little (laughs) bit about the judges and I know you're not ready to announce who they are. Uh And so is this, again, let's go all the way back to the beginning with the big air quotes, we're bridging the gap in the community. Do (laughs) you Do you really give a rat's butt about the kink community? Are you bridging any gaps there? Or is this a leather title for leather people, for the leather community? Kind of like most of the other leather titles are. And I don't mean that in a negative way, but if you look at the people that are winning titles, they're doing the leather circuit. And I've noticed that, for example... Um, There's a lot of people out there that don't know anything about leather. And I don't know that we do a great job of being an ambassador. So what's your vision? When you think about your judges, are you thinking, oh, well, let's bring in um, Master Tiano, and let's bring in um, Slave Master, and Alex Kepler, you know, all the classic, Hard, you know, big time. Well, I I definitely judges.
2: wouldn't put those three on the same panel because they're all representatives of the master slave community.
1: Well, um, there you go.
2: That's so. <laughs> so, in choosing a panel of judges, we look to have a very diverse panel. We look to have people representing all aspects of the community. Sure, fair um, And I don't tend to make a huge distinction uh, between between the leather community and other communities, because I kind of think that leather is a heading, uh, that is broader or an umbrella that is broader than the specific subcultures, um, within leather. So it is something that we're looking for. We're looking specifically to celebrate people who, um, who are bridging those gaps. Who are you know that there are a lot of people in the age players community, for instance, that have nothing to do with that leather circuit, um, which means that we need to have judges that can uh, can view that as well. In terms of the judges for this first contest, um, because we're we're looking at the panel of first judges here, sure. we are actually looking at people who represent the gamut of. International title contests at this point. Oh, sure. Um, okay. So, so while you may find uh, a much higher percentage of people who identify as leather on that panel than people who don't, there are people who come from very, very disparate uh, sections of that or cross sections of that leather community.
1: Okay, makes sense.
2: Let me ask you uh, one last
1: question, if you don't mind. Okay. Do you kind of like think, man, this is such a great contest. I want to run for it.
2: <laughs> you know, I was posting that there was an article up on Leatherati about it and somebody I had posted the link to it on Fat Life today and somebody said why have a contest? We should just name you the international person. <laughs>
0: um,
2: which I can't see because I'm one of the founders uh, and and one of the executive producers. So I, I had. It is a contest which would probably be the front runner for what I'd run in if I were to run in a contest. Um, I adore IMSL and have worked on on the production staff of International Ms. Leather for more than a year. Um, oh, I, I am actually not doing it right now, but I have in the past. Um, and I am I female identified and female bodied. So that's definitely, you know, a a contest I could run in. Um, I really like the fact that this contest is not necessarily about my parts or about my identification. Um, so it, it would be one that would interest me to run in if that, if I were going to run in a, a title contest, um, the running in a title contest isn't really on my agenda right now. Master and I ran um, in the master-slave circuit a few years ago down at Southwest, uh, and that was based on our relationship. And I agree with your experience in terms of um, how it can definitely distill the, the parts of your relationship that both need work on sure. and that you want to glorify. Um, So that's a very valuable experience. I think running for a title in general can be a very valuable experience in terms of teaching you about yourself and your path. Um, But uh, I'm not looking to get named the uh, person of leather at this point.
1: (laughs) Fair enough. Jazz, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. And again, I apologize if this was a little more... um... Uh, carried a little bit more of my story than I wanted it to, but I think it is something that's worth getting passionate about, and it's nice to talk to passionate people.
2: Absolutely, I agree. Thank you so much.
1: So, right, remind us one more time where to find Sin in the City.
2: We've got Sin in the City at www.sin in the city.com. We're in Las Vegas, Nevada at the last weekend of February, first weekend of March 2015. Fantastic.
1: Jazz, thank you very much for uh being with us on the podcast tonight. Have a fantastic evening.
2: You too. You
0: doing a podcast?
1: Uh-huh. Okay. We're just finishing up though. Okay. Yeah. We are recording at the moment though. Erotic Ricketing <laughs> is sponsored in part by the Guilty Pleasure State. No, you can't leave. <laughs> you gotta stay in for this part not uh, like we haven't been talking about you. <laughs> no, it's not. By the way, your podcast name is Big D. I don't know if you knew that. Yes, Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by the Guilty Pleasure Stage Show and its educational branch, the Monkey Puzzle Club. Join us the third Friday of each
0: month for Fetish Four Play Friday at Club Princeton in Columbus, Ohio. Classes begin at 8 p.m. or party immediately following.
1: You can catch the Guilty Pleasure Stage Show at Porter's Pub in Columbus, Ohio
0: on the fourth Friday of each month. The Monkey Puzzle Club meets every Wednesday at 8 p.m. at The Room at the Columbus Insight Center.
1: Follow us on Twitter at MonkeyPuzzleOH. You can also follow both Guilty Pleasures and Monkey Puzzle Club on FetLife.com for all announcements and discussions. Bye, Dan. Bye, Dawn. Bye, Bye, Big, Big D. D.